illustrious King Julian, self-proclaimed Lord of the Lemurs, etc., etc. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of King Julian Podcast. I am your host, Julian Owens, as always. And told you we're gonna get back to regular schedule programming. Um couple of things were happening, things all around. So we just, I had to rearrange my schedule just for a little bit. Now we're back to explaining things. So let's get back to our normal schedule programming. Without further ado, I have a recurring guest back on the show with me today. Um, Jeremy Bates. Jeremy, how are you doing today, man? And how was your Thanksgiving? I know we didn't really talk much for your Thanksgiving, but how was yours, man? Um, hey, man. Well, I'm, I'm good, man. Thank you for inviting me back on. Um, my Thanksgiving was was solid we uh actually i actually stayed back here in austin um for thanksgiving this year i didn't get to actually see anyone my um my significant other she ended up going out to san antonio to visit her family so i just ended up staying back to uh, i actually had like a korean food for for thanksgiving this year so we went and picked up like a few different items and stuff like that some galbi and uh it's like kind of like a korean pork excuse me korean uh barbecue Okay. And uh, a few different items like that. So yeah, man, it was uh, it was pretty good, man. We did that. We had some edibles, and uh, <laughs> we ended up watching a bunch of movies and, and stuff, man. So I mean, I I had a good time all, overall, man. It was dope. Okay, all right. See, yours was a little more eventful. I also stayed in Austin uh, for this Thanksgiving. Um, as my listeners talked about, I kind of was contemplating on it, and I thought it was safer to stay in Austin and not potentially get anybody sick, not saying that I'm sick. Like I told him I had a negative test, but just with traveling with the numbers rising, I just, I didn't feel comfortable bringing that home. Maybe right. I'll feel better during Christmas. Cause I know for sure I, I have to go home for Christmas. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So yeah, it was pretty nice. Watched a couple of movies. Um, also, <laughs> so it was, it was pretty fun. It was, it was pretty fun. Um, Speaking of which, um, before we get into it, Jeremy, because we were talking previously before the show started, one of my things that I saw this weekend, which <laughs> was pretty interesting enough, was the uh, the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight. Um, I'll say this, though, because the, the main event that I want to talk about, we'll, we'll get there in just a second, and I want your thoughts on it. But the fight they ended up making it a draw but i didn't feel like it was a draw per se because for me personally watching the entire fight mike tyson looked like he had the upper hand and you could still see that even though this man is 50 years old this man could still swing he could still have some power in that punch and that hook and roy jones you could tell like throughout the beginning and almost to the middle of the fight he was exhausted like roy was like why am i taking this tell he was like bro i am out the game i don't need to be getting these hits like this anymore right it was it was still entertaining to see roy jones and mike tyson do the quote-unquote best that they can do in the times like this would i ever watch them again no of course not um but would i be willing to watch mike tyson fight somebody more entertaining that i would say maybe i would put a slight maybe on that um, I used somebody else's account to buy, watch the fight, so didn't really right. watch it, but from my account, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be okay with this. So it was fine. But the two highlights of the night, two highlights. Let's let's get there. A highlight that I want to talk about is Snoop. I I don't care what anybody says. Snoop needs to do more 
hosting commentary for things, right? And one yeah. of my favorite things I watched him on YouTube was like when he would do encyclopedias on Jimmy Kimmel's show and just mm-hmm. make fun of stuff and commentate on like animals doing things. So I love that, but imagine him doing the shit he did this past, this past weekend was absolutely amazing. Watching him just talk shit about everything that was going on, talking about Roy Jones and mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike Tyson talking about they're like the two uncles at the barbecue. Grandma, they out there fighting again. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's it, speaking spiritual spiritual songs with <laughs> Nate was getting his ass tore up was just like absolutely Man. amazing and entertaining. Yeah, I feel, man, like, I feel, I, I didn't get to catch much of the fight. I caught, like, some bits and pieces of it, man. But, like, I, I don't want to give Nate Roberts, I don't want to give him any trouble, man, because, like, you know, it's, that's what you have to expect, though. This this is this is a combative sport. You're not, this isn't something you can, um, I mean, your your weaknesses will definitely be shown to you depending on who you end up fighting. Right. And I mean, like he he went out there and gave what he could. And mind you, he doesn't have much of a he has a very limited background in training in boxing. So it's like you can't really expect like the the cleanest result for him. And unfortunately, you know, I ended up with that 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 devastating knockout and everything. But I mean, and I think what Jake Paul had like what another he had like one fight, maybe two fights under his two belt already. Under his belt. Yep, two okay, fights. but I mean. Yeah, and he's been training for a little bit, so I guess he knew a little bit more. And also the size advantage, so I wasn't too, too surprised with, with how that turned out. I mean, hey, man, like, it, you know, all you can do is get up, dust yourself off, get back in the gym. If you feel like fighting again, then then do it, man. But all, all props to him, man, for sure, because a lot of people would be – a lot of people would – on the outside, think that that shit is like they they'd get in the ring or whatever, but oh, like I could do it. I scrapped the You can't. No, yeah. no, not street street fighting and boxing. Is, no, not you, you're not. Same. It's not the same, man. You get in there with some like, you know, regular train boxer that actually trains on a regular man. They'll take out some any regular old dude on the street. Like it's it's a little more of an art to it. So, um, I, I I feel like I agree with you, Jeremy. But at the same time, though. Nate was the same one who was calling him out, same yeah. one who asked for the fight, same uh-huh. one who said, hey, this is for all the athletes around the world who wants to be able to do stuff like this. And it's like, I don't want to see anybody, and I'm, and I'm saying this on the podcast now, I don't want to see anybody get their ass knocked out, right? I don't, right. I don't, I, because there's so much precautions, things that can happen, like they could, like, not wake up, they could, like, be physically hurt, and Having him laid out on the ground for two minutes was like, is he okay? Right? And that's what yeah. I was like worried about at first. And then for me personally, like I, I like I said, for me, one of the biggest things is he knew what he was getting himself into, right? And a lot of the people say this, and uh, Shannon Sharp said this on Undisputed earlier today, like, yeah, you are an athlete in basketball. Don't mean that you could go into another sport and try to dominate. And right. Like Jake Paul has been boxing for almost two years now. Cause I remember that they did this stupid ass like fight back in late 2018 with him and another YouTuber and they were boxing. Jake looked bad then, but his previous fight about a year, about, about a couple of months ago, he looked like he was ready. Like he was knowing some shit. Like he knew he was doing something. Right. And right. so, like you said, I tell people this all the time. Like, yeah, we could have won a couple of fights in the street. Yeah, you you know, you had your schoolhouse fights, your street fights, and the hood fights. Like, you you won some of those. But when you have somebody who has technique, 
who's been playing and dominating a sport for the last, not dominating, but who's been handling themselves pretty decently as an amateur boxer, you better bring your A game. And for him to just continue, one of the biggest things that I was like, oh, no, he in trouble. And Stoop said it himself. Like, in the end of the first round, he got knocked out. And he came back up. Basically, the ref got his gloves. was like, are you okay? And I'm like, bro, TKO him. He needs to be out. Like, he should be out. And what happens? Second round. He keeps it. Sorry. And this is somebody who used to watch boxing a little bit. You keep attacking, right? You keep attacking with your left and right hook. And obviously, you're missing because of your height difference, right? I'm not going to continue attacking somebody that's almost a half foot taller than me mm-hmm. who can literally just come up and just do one clean uppercut and I'm out. And that's what happened. He just kept attacking him. And Jake was like, oh, I see an opening on the right side. Once. I was like, oh, no, he on the ground, ground. And then one last time, one bad swing, Jake took the, took the evasive and hit him right where he was vulnerable. Right. Go. I was like, damn. So I yeah. hate to see it, but like it, it, it's what happens in com- combat sports, man. You're just not not everybody. You know, it, it takes time. It takes a lot of, like you said, a lot of training, a lot of technique. It, it just it requires quite a bit from you to get into right. like the the point of like being in sh- well enough shape to be able to be in the ring long enough, and then also just understanding how to punch, where to punch, when to, how to time yourself, stuff like that. Because I mean, with I don't necessarily – I wouldn't necessarily say that that being the, the aggressor in a fight, like for, for in, in terms of Nate – in Nate's case, like I don't necessarily think it's always, always a bad thing. Mind you, like with him being shorter with the, the shorter uh, wingspan everything, normally the shorter fighters have to get on the inside, inside yeah. of a longer fighter. Otherwise, you're, the, the, the longer fighter is going to be out on the outside and they can just be a counter puncher all, all night. So, it, you know – but I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Like you, like you said, not not everybody's gonna be able to step into the ring and dominate. It's just, it's not, it's not always gonna be possible. I don't give him any, but I'm never gonna give him any crap, man. He he went out there and he did what he could do, and you know, hey, man, hopefully we'll get some some better fights going forward. I don't think that this Jake Paul guy, I don't, I don't think he needs to be anybody in the professional ranks needs to even be dealing with him. No, I completely. He's already called out. He's called out what Floyd Mayweather, I think, before yes. he called out Conor McGregor. Yes. No, nah, man, that's all that is 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 money. That's his money. Like that's, let me just get this. You know what? Let me let try me to go sell a fight and get some money. Sell some fight on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. hell, I'd go. I'd go call out Floyd Mayweather. I know I'm about to get a million dollars out that mug. <laughs> like, of course I'm gonna call him out. Like, no, nah, no, they don't need to deal with them. Deal with him. It's not even worth and even that, talking about. And that's what I was gonna say. Is like, yeah. Cool. Uh, him saying he was doing it for the culture. Like, yeah, Nate, no, no, let's not say that. And yeah, you trying to call out all these other well-known boxers and martial artists. Yeah, Jake, sure. Again, this is just my personal opinion. You're the epitome of white privilege and you could probably say some shit and it'll be all right. But I, I will say this though. You call out the wrong person and somebody answers that call. Don't be surprised if they do you like you did, Nate Robinson. Don't be surprised because they are yeah. way more talented than you are. And if you're look, than you are. yeah, if you're if you're really that bad, man, like go professional. I don't think he'll last very long. To be no. honest, I I mean, again, I I'd have to watch more of his fights to kind of get an idea. But man, just based off the numbers and just his training alone, I, the amount of time he's been in the sport, 
I don't think he would last too long as a professional. But, I mean, again, maybe I'm calling – who knows, man. But <laughs> that, that's just my opinion on it, man. No, I get I, you. I'm not, I'm not an expert in this shit, but, you know. No, I get you. I get you. No worries. So, yeah, that's just a little recap of this happened this past weekend. Um, Jeremy, because I wanted to talk to you because we, we had – a very interesting conversation about basketball a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I, I wanted to bring you on and talk about like, not even just legacy of basketball, but just the next moves that's going to happen this season. Cause I find it interesting that, yeah, even though COVID's happening and all that's going on, like the basketball season starting in less than three weeks from now, like on the 22nd. Right. And so I wanted to ask you, cause one of the things is this is probably one of the quickest off seasons we've ever had. And the fact, the way that the draft moved, the free agency moved, it was just a lot of quick moving parts to get ready for December 22nd. Um, I find it pretty interesting that we've had not the biggest shakeup in free agency, but a lot of very interesting things happened this year. And so I'm, I'm excited for what is to come. So I, I want you to come on the show and let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the NBA offseason because it's coming to a close. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways? Like, let's let's start there. What were some of your biggest takeaways coming out in this NBA offseason? And what are you looking forward to? And we can do biggest surprises. Yeah, let's do – what was your biggest surprise that you saw coming out of this, this offseason? Biggest surprise, I would say, for this particular year, uh, I, I do – I, I thought it was really surprising to see. Well, no, I'm not surprised because being on a LeBron James-led team, you tend to continue to, like, be a, a unit of, of moving parts quite often, depending on how – you're, you're always working to get better. But, like, the of course, the Los Angeles Lakers, like, the way that they kind of approached free agency this year with – with I mean, like, they, they – I think uh, – who said it? I think it was um, – Kendrick Perkins has said it like these guys went out into the offseason as if as if they were they lost the championship but they actually kind of went out of their way to kind of to continue to reboot like bolster up their roster oh, yeah. um I think that over I mean overall those guys I think they obviously I think they won the free agency this this season period just because of I mean the fact that you were able to go out into your own rival <laughs> to go to your rival and, and it was able to pick up um what's his name uh Montrez Harrell Montrez yeah they yeah. pick him like that was like I mean based off of what they used to have like I think Montrez will definitely be like a a solid piece on offense I do think like I mean he does have a lot of uh, energy so he would be a good energy guy in terms of getting rebounds and things like that but you do get a little worried because of his defense sometimes. Like I think that the defensive, like what I do fear a little bit about the Lakers is that they have lost a little bit of their defensive firepower with having. I agree. Yeah. Especially, I think the biggest thing that I, the player that I, I feel like they sh- they should have like I lobbied to keep a little bit more was uh, Avery Bradley. Okay. I feel like he was um, – he just brought that toughness in, in terms of, like, the guard position because, I mean, it just – it really helped that he was there just to be able to kind of cover up a lot of maybe some some of the uh, – Some of the holes that they had, especially in the guard position. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, like, I guess, I mean, you go get Dennis Schroeder, which, I mean, is easily could be a, a starter in the league, I believe. And, I mean, he was a sixth man of the year uh, runner-up last year. Last year, yeah. 
So, like, he, I mean, he, he definitely is going to be a, a good player for them, for sure, in terms of getting them some offensive firepower. I just get a little a little worried about their defense. But, I mean, Marcus Saul is still still very crafty for his – even though he's older, he's still very crafty. Um, besides that, I think who else did they end up picking? They ended up re-signing Markeith Morris. And they got uh, Wesley Matthews, who's oh, basically their, replace, their replacement for Danny Green. Okay. I do like the Wesley Matthews pick up that was definitely uh because he's definitely a little bit of more of a dog on defense for sure uh at least more he's a little more a little more, more physical efficient and more consistent about his physical defense yes yeah and i think that i mean i think that was pretty dope good pickup for them as well um i am a, i don't know man i figured i thought that they were going to try to hold on to rondo or maybe even dwight howard too but um I'm not sure exactly what what was going on there. See, and I was gonna say that for me at least, the one the one player that I would have assumed out of the quote unquote veterans and the team that he was they were gonna keep was Rondo, because Rondo showed his true colors in the playoffs. And I said that at the beginning of the year, um, people I didn't make a podcast about this, but I I basically talked about it was I didn't think Rajon Rondo had enough offense to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you going into last season. Um, he's a great defensive player. He still has a great defensive mind, but he is too inconsistent offensively. That's how I felt. And he shut my ass up in the playoffs. Granted, regular season, we saw the Rondo that we've known for, but deep, like in deep in the playoffs last year, we saw the Rondo that I saw in the Celtics when he was playing with the big three, you know, and his mind about how to articulate and move the ball and his basketball IQ is really really well and that's what I think really he was a very underdog of the NBA finals like this year because he did some things on the in defense both defensively and offensively some big huge plays that helped Lakers get to where they were right, right. and so I felt like he was going to be there Dwight man I, I figured Dwight was going to go no offense yeah you went to LA you came back again but I don't think he in my opinion produced enough to keep him on there yeah, he was a great bench player. He was a great person to help get rebounds every once in a while when he decided to show up. But offensively, he wasn't there as much as he was. And defensively, yeah, defensive rebounds. But, like, a lot of people can still get through the paint and kind of was was one of the slow – not slower, but one of the biggest issues what I had with that perimeter defense when it came off the bench. Now, I agree with you, and I hate to say it, and I'm calling it now on, on the show, they've won – the free agency and all season this year and everybody needs to wake the hell up for this upcoming season because like you said Montrez Harrell is another big man that you can add on there and this is me being bold I wouldn't I wouldn't say Lakers do this but I'd be bold and to put um and put Harrell in in um uh, in the starting five because what he could do for you is he could spread the offense like you said he's decent enough in rebounding but his problem is his defense. But what you can share with that or what you can basically counteract with that is the way that he can hit threes when it comes to, when it comes to most. He can hit the corner three and the pot, top, top of the key threes really well. So what I would do is keep the ball in a facilitator with LeBron and let him facilitate and move Harrell out because a lot of big men ain't going to go out into the top of the key trying to block Harrell. And right. as you can tell, when you give Harrell an open shot, I'm taking it. So – Having him as another offensive weapon for them, especially with his threes, I see too much offensive chemistry that can go on with that. And right. then with Schroeder, 
you needed like I was gonna say that like you said he was like six man runner up a year a year or two back and for him to go and pick up where Rondo is gonna be is not a great replacement but it's an aspiring a replacement you could definitely have him if you wanted to you can keep him starting because his nat defense I love that like Schroeder's defense is really well and that's what I think really helped him try to get the six man and he can put he can put up 15 16 a game that's not going to be a problem and right. all you need him just to go and shut down point guards and i hate to say it most point guards don't want to mess with him because of how much of a net he is now right. you have a few here at liars here and there but like no worries you can do that and wesley like you said wesley is just as much as a hot uh, as a three point shooter as danny green my only issue will be is his defense. But again, Danny didn't really play that much defense anyway, so that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so I'm, I, I've been saying this, and I was saying this for a while, that the biggest thing for the Lakers is their guards, and they don't have enough depth in their guards to keep them moving. And once you put Dennis Schroeder in there, who can consistently shoot you 16 a game, and he stays consistent, and he's been aspiring to grow, mm-hmm. everybody got to watch out because – Right. This is the team to watch, you know? And so, yeah. like, I agree with you. Like, winner of this year offseason is definitely the Lakers. Like, they did everything they needed to do to go in and win. So, I agree with you on that. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have a loser for the the offseason? Um, for me, I, I kind of feel like now a lot of people would say, oh, well, um, you know, the, the Los Angeles Clippers would be the loser of the year. And I guess that would be kind of just determined off the fact that, you know, the Lakers were super aggressive and who they were able to pick up and move for. But I, but I, but I honestly, to be honest with you, um, I don't think they were a loser this year. I think, I mean, I think that they could have did better. I agree. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily constitute them as this, as a loser. Just because, well, the Serge Ibaka pickup was a very, I thought I figured that the Lakers. I would have lobbied for the Lakers to have picked up Serge Ibaka instead of Marcus All, just agree. because I think that while, like I said, Marcus All, I don't take anything credit from him. He is that he can stretch, stretch the floor with his shooting ability. He's that he is still a very crafty, great passer, very high IQ, a player who's still very good on defense on the inside. He's still he runs like he's in mud. It feels like. Yeah. You know what I mean, and but but I mean, so I would have figured that you know Serge Ibaka would have been a a little bit more solid pickup. So, I, but but overall, like, but I will give them a little bit of crap because one, they did not go get a point guard, which they really they needed. Need, like, yeah, like Bev- you can't depend on on Patrick Beverly to be <laughs> the the leader of of the of the team in terms of running moving the ball. Like, it he's just not that guy. I, I he's think he's a great. Know, he's a great. Ooh, let me let me pull that back. He's a decent shooter, not great. Decent shooter, but yeah. I would not put him in the ball. I would not give him the ball to be a facilitator. Not at all. Like absolutely mm-hmm. not. I agree. And they're getting ready to. And I think they're getting ready to trade Lemon, lemon Pepper Lou anyway. So yep. uh, you lose a little bit of scoring on that end. Um, so I can't say that they are necessarily a loser. But if I had a biggest loser, I would say it's between the Charlotte Hornets and. Um, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I would go with either one of them. One with Milwaukee. You are you are trying to court good players to come to your team to keep 
your right. main attraction. Yeah, right. And the the fact that they failed that Bogdanovan, uh, I'm sorry, I'm probably saying his name, Bogdan, Bogdan, oh my Lord, Bogdan, whatever his last name is. I, I don't <laughs> even want to try to, I'm not even going to slaughter, slaughter that last name, but yes. Um, the fact that, that that trade didn't go through, that sign and trade like failed to go through, definitely hurt, I think, in terms of getting getting him to at least be more comfortable with staying with the Bucks. I think yeah. that – and then um, also, I believe they also traded uh, – they traded Eric Bledsoe. They did trade Eric Bledsoe, yeah. Which I think that was in order to go ahead and go get um, – what's that? The uh, point guard from the Pelicans – um, uh, what is I forgot name? his I, name, but I I'm know losing his name. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I, I felt like I mean Eric Eric Gordon is a is a dog to me. Like that dude is is going to be one one of the better point, uh, defensive point guards in the league. I think. Uh-huh. So I mean, I felt like losing him. I mean, but Denver trading him out for trading him out for Drew Holiday. I feel like was solid, but I don't get what is going on with these trades. Apparently. <laughs> Every trade, especially, and I, who is, I'm going off topic, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, how is it that every trade, no matter who they trade, they get a first round pick out of it? it it's kind of, it's, it's amazing to me. Like they ended up doing the, the Danny Green and um, the Danny Green tr- swap. Yes, they did. And they got a first round pick out of that. I was like, wait, what in the world is, who who is that? Why? How is Sam Presti so good at what he does? This is crazy. Like, what is he telling these, these teams? Like, you know what? Listen, y'all don't need to draft in twenty twenty five. I got it. <laughs> let me have all the let first me round. Have picks. All these first round. Just picks. let us. Yes, you have whoever you want. Just give me your first round picks because they're literally like they have a treasure trove of just first round picks. Oklahoma City, if they do this right. Well, and that's what I was going to say for me really quick. They're my most surprised office because, again, like you said, how in the fuck are you for the next three to five years, like first round picks? Like how? Like with all these deals, like how? But yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. You're good. No, no, you're good, man. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you're definitely Milwaukee. Like, I mean, they're they're waiting with bated breath right now. Like they're like, oh, are we going to lose? Uh lose him to another team for next year or are we going to have to be what are we going to be able to do to keep him here i honestly i don't know man i a part of me believes that Giannis may end up like leaving but it's just looking at the current landscape of the league it's 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 kind of tough to see where he ends up going i i and i was going to say to be honest with you i don't think that they're the losers disappointing Yes, but I wouldn't call them the losers. Like you, like you said, somebody tried to make an analysis. I forgot what sporting um, publisher said it, but somebody tried to say that with Drew Holiday signing up with the Bucks, he's going to be able to open the floor with him. No, the hell you're not. Like, let's be honest. Like, I hate to say it. Like, with Eric Bledsoe, I feel like you were able to facilitate more to Giannis and be able to spread the floor because let's be honest, and – they like there's analytics that goes into this crap, but they were open. They were very well at spreading the offense, especially at half court, half court. You couldn't stop them in a regular season. How in the hell did they not change the formula going into playoffs? That's not my business. That's I right. call it coaching, but you know, neither here or there. You had the opportunity with the team. You had to be able to spread the floor, keep Giannis in there. But 
I agree with you. I don't see Giannis staying for another year. I think that this year he's going to just wait his contract out and go sign somewhere. Where is he going to sign? I don't know. My, my guess, my guess, if he's smart, is the team that I think took a, a bigger L but not as big of an L, Boston, in my personal opinion. Because, you know, y'all lost Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. That's what I was going to say. I don't think they lost. I don't think the Hornets lost the offseason. They got a big pivotal piece for them to move and keep right. it going. So I wouldn't say they lost it, but I would definitely say Celtics needs to start thinking about possibly getting somebody to help Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Jason, I hate to say it. No, I hate to say it. Jason will be their next star for now. Mm-hmm. But if you can give Giannis some kind of money and tell him, dude, we almost go into the Eastern Conference Finals every year. You want to just go up there and win? Sign me a max, I'm gone, right? Like, right. Like, that's what I think Boston should do. If anybody in the Boston team head, head office is listening to this, that's what I think you should do. But <laughs> besides that, I think the person who really, when I mean really fucked up the playoff, I mean offseason this year, Houston. <laughs> Houston. Oh yeah, that yeah. I didn't even think about Houston, but yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like you, your team is imploding from within. Literally imploding on itself, and you have O'Reilly just say, "I'm done." Like you, literally after this season, he said, "I'm done." I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's the first domino. Like I would have never thought he would have said, "Hey, I'm resigning." Okay, he decided not to come back. Okay, Russell's talking about, "Hey, I want to be traded." Then he allegedly, we don't know for sure because this is all rumors. Houston was giving him a max contract, giving him mm-hmm. 50 mil. He gave James 50 mil to say, stay. We need you to stay because this is going to implode. We need you to stay. Right. I feel, I, I don't want to stay. I don't even want to do that. <laughs> and it's just that, like, I just don't know what they're, what's going to happen with this because I just, with free agency almost over with, it's like, I, you're not going to, don't get, it's no point in getting rid of James Harden. Don't, for what? I mean, he's talking about going to the, to the Nets. Really? For, for what? <laughs> to get him a super team? Whole bunch for of players what? that won't like, be able to score. <laughs> right. Let, let me get your, your, your bench players. Like, you're not, it's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, ironic, how ironic it is. It's almost like the, the OKC trade all over again. 10 years ago. Exactly. Right. It's like, oh, hey, you know, we're going to send you uh, Jeremy Lamb and these two or three other, other players and draft picks for James Harden. At the time, I was like, oh, well, that's not too bad because he may not hit the – and then, oh, hell, I was absolutely wrong with that. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you know, now I'm like in it like, oh, in fantasy land, yeah, that would be great for you to go to to the Brooklyn Nets. The only other – I mean, but you you, you ask for so much money. Yes. And on top of that, your style of play, I just don't think it works well with that that particular team. It just it, – to me, it's just too many – it's too many uh, Chiefs, not enough Indians. You know what I mean? Like and it's just. I completely agree with you. And I was gonna say it feels, and that's what I was gonna say. It's gonna feel like exactly what it was with OKC ten years ago. And I've said it once, and I will continue to say this till the day I'm gonna die on this hill. I will literally die on this hill. If Russell understood that he was a facilitator and not trying to be the big dog in OKC, OKC would have had. I, I I'm calling it now. Would have had three rings by now. They would have definitely been able to facilitate and be able to get that team up. If Scott Brooks would have told, uh, told Russell, dude, chill. I know what I'm doing. I need you to be the number two, possibly number three guy. 
this kid who's coming off our sixth man of the year knows how to shoot. This guy over here, almost the epitome of what I want to see out of a sharpshooter who's seven foot something. Right. You, I just need you to facilitate. Give me 11, 10, 11 assists a game. Get your 15 or 20, and we can do that. But no, he wants to hit 30, 10, 10 a game. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah. And that's why it, I was just like, he's going to go into the exact same situation going into Brooklyn because let's be honest. Yes, it would be beautiful to see three of the best sharpshooters in the game. Well, three, two of the best sharpshooters and one of the best handlers slash finishers in the paint, point guard finishers in the paint ever be able to do what they're doing, right? It would be nice. Right. But which one of them can facilitate better? Right. It's just like, what do you do? Like, it's too much. And then on top of that, you have a rookie head coach. I love yes. Steve Nash, but it's a rookie head coach. He's not yet adjusted to personalities with running that particular team. Who knows what kind of schemes he would be trying to draw up for that, with that amount of like superstar power. Like it's going to, it's it's an adjustment period. Like it's not, it looks pretty on paper, but it takes a second. Like it never, these, these, these three, uh, these big three teams never work out super well until either late into the end of that season or like the the following season afterward, like right. you know the first season, it's like a, hey, they're gonna perform We're well, but they may not out. get yeah. to, right, but they may not get to the actual championship. Same way with like the Heat, their first year, like they got to the, they got there, but you could tell that there was like uncertainty with LeBron. There was a lot of things with like trying to fill out whose team is whose and and where do I where do I play within this role? Like it's it's a it's an adjustment, just like when he went to Cleveland, same thing. Yeah, they, they they performed very well, but injuries by themselves kind of caused some issues. But you still could kind of tell some like uncertainty, with, especially with like Kevin Love and and with people like and with uh you know things like that as well. So it's just on on paper it looks pretty, but it may not always work out. But oh, but what I was saying about the losers, the reason why I'm going losers so hard on the Bucks and um, the Hornets, money they spent. Okay. The okay. amount of money and things that they gave up for these players it just seems a little much. Like, I think um, for the Drew Holiday trade, they gave up like two players, two, two three players. players, and then they two gave really up like role players. they ended up losing five draft picks out of it, which is dumb in my opinion. I agree. It's abs- it's a lot for especially for a player. Now, I will I say that Drew Holiday is better than Eric Bledsoe. I I would you could definitely argue that. I mean, the guy if the guy has been if Kevin Durant is saying this is one of the best guarding, like one of the best defensive guards, you probably should take your word for it. That's the best score in the league. One of the best scores in the league. Come on now. So, I mean, I think it was a, definitely a step up, but for that much, that's a lot. And on I top agree. of that, you yeah. did, you didn't really get much out in return to keep Giannis there. You lose in my opinion with the Hornets. Come on, bro. Gordon Hayward, 30,000, 30, what is it? 30 million a year, 30 million a year. Oh my lord! Absolutely not. For, <laughs> he's for what? Not, he's not healthy enough to be asked. No, absolutely not. The dude, like, what he? Did, I'm, you know, did he break his leg? Was it last year or the year before that? Excuse me. It was two years ago where he tore his ACL or Achilles, one of the two. I forgot. It was a leg okay. injury. And then this past year, he didn't he didn't play that much at all because of his right. his injury. So like, for me, I I get you that you want your money, but like I was I like I said I. I take this saying so well with this. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, you you helped the Celtics go to the Eastern Conference Finals, what, three years ago? What have yeah. you done for me lately? What have right. you done? Like, no, I want to. I, I, 
Mm. It just don't, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I just, the thing about it is, and we do have to keep in, keep in consideration, like the market currently in the NBA is, is very odd. Like the, the big man market, you just signed a mid-level exception for the reigning six man of the year. Yeah. And across the board, it's it's nowhere near as big. Outside of like, the, of course, the supermax that was uh, signed by Bam, by Bam out in Miami. Yeah, like you, you're not. That market is still very kind of in the middle. Yeah, ground of like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a whole lot of really big deals going on. And I guess I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly MJ was thinking with with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> like we know well if. But he's also been very he, – he's just had very questionable moves as a GM overall. Like, it's just – To be honest, yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? I love him as a player, but as a GM, I just – I don't know, know if I have him as a GM, to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't like it. Yeah, they need to go and find – if they went and found, like, a legitimate GM, like, from, like, another team, I think that they – you know, I think the Hornets could give them, like, three or four years. They, they'll be able to give themselves at least some contention, but – Currently, where they're at right now, like they're not. They the they did not get do, any. Yeah. I must say, yeah, the most that they'll do is fight for eight seed. That's right. that's the best that they have done for themselves. They'll be able to fight for the eight seed this year. I don't think they're going to do anything. Now, mm-hmm. one team that I will say that did well enough for me that is who has a small market in my opinion is the Bucks. I mean, it's not the Bucks. It's the Pelicans signing um, Ingram to that sweet hundred. It's a hundred some million dollar deal, I believe, if I remember correctly. That was. That's a great deal in itself for Brandon. And you added some new players in there to help facilitate and help expand the court for Ingram and Zion. So for me, that's a team to watch out for. That's how you work with your money to keep yourself momentum going. Because I like what New Orleans is doing to keep themselves as a contender for the next three to four years. I don't think they're going to be a player. I think they could fight like they did this year for playoffs, but I don't know if they're going to go. But that's how you do it. And I agree with you with Charlotte. But I still feel like still Houston took the hugest L because it's like you spent so much money on Russell getting there. You you wasted Chris. You lost a lot of your role players for him. And now you sit on this fat-ass contract from for Russell and Westbrook, I mean, and Harden, and you're like, yeah. I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> I just like it's just something, man. I, if if I had like an affinity for a Texas team, it would definitely be Houston. <laughs> but I just I don't know, man. Like they just can never get it done. It, it just it's just a mess over there. And I, I I don't know, man. Just I love I do love Harden. I like Harden as a player. I like Russell Westbrook as a player. But they just the personalities and just how they play the game is just too, it's, it's just too selfish for me. Right. Like, it's, it's way too selfish and way too much um, hero ball, I call it. And that's the yeah. issue for Houston. And I've been saying it for years and I, I, since Harden got there, you gave him the keys to the wheels like he wanted, but you didn't tell him, Hey, maybe the key shouldn't be in your hands. Let's give it to somebody who can give you and like give you the shoots, the shots that you need. Because you holding the ball for 16 seconds, going up court, and then trying to make a shot eight seconds in is not helpful to anybody. You're not rolling right. plays. You're just, hey, I'm holding on to the ball. And, like, you – last this year alone, you saw that they they looked better. And it's sad to say this. They looked better off 
not playing with each other when they were playing with each other. And that's what kind of the message you got. And it's like, yeah, they're best friends, they're buddies, but can y'all play together? No. And but, so yeah, but then think about who their who is their coach. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I do believe that if you got the right system under those two guys, I feel like they would be better. But you went to the the biggest offensive minded coach. coach. Yes. Just period, right? Like he literally signed. I I honestly think that I don't know, man. Like I just I feel like that there was a, a more solid, well rounded coach there. I think that if they would have changed the culture within that team, I think it would. I I think that they could actually perform pretty well. Out. I, I mean, they of course they need to do better in terms of free agency and bringing in actual Dan talent should have done better with that yeah but Dan Tony come on man like Dan Tony is an offensive minded coach I, I he is fantastic on that end of the ball and he should continue to be an offensive like assistant coach for some team but I don't know anything about defense there's come no- on man like yeah you this is this I mean yes I this is three this is a three and D league now three and D there you can hit threes all day but you got to still be able to stop it this, yeah. is, this is the game now. The game outside of like the offensive changes, like all you know, we're now we got we everybody's got to be able to shoot, got to be able to step outside the paint and do whatever. You can't have like a bunch of mid range shooters and the same thing that you used to have back in the nineties and, and even like can't do that anymore. you can't no. do that anymore. It's just, the, the game is completely evolved, and I and I give him credit for for evolving that team and trying to be like the small ball team. But come on, man, we knew. <laughs> a lot of us knew that was not going to last. Like you don't have enough fire. You don't, you're not the, you're not the, 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 uh, the warriors, the warriors. you're not the warriors. the warriors. You know what I mean? The warriors have all of those players could, because on top of the fact that Stephen Curry and, and Clay Thompson could shoot their asses off, they still had core players that knew what they, they could get in there and play be dirty. Be nasty and you know, you know, nasty it, defense. You know Iguodala's going to get in there and get, get in there and play some defense. You knew Bogut was going to at least try. He may not be able to move very far, <laughs> he was gonna but he would have definitely gave, gave you some effort. Right. I, I mean, Sean Livingston. I give I love Sean Livingston, man. Just his story where, you know, with him yeah. nearly ending his career in the beginning, like, to come back and still be able to win and perform at a high level. I mean, that mid-range shot was – but, she's, like I said, yeah. unselfish players that were willing to just do whatever they could to win. And it, unfortunately, that the Houston Rockets are just not – we're just not that. And that's why I hate to say it for the Houston Rockets fans. Be ready for Houston to implode. And when that implosion happens, like, expect to rebuild in another five or ten years. I hate to say it because yeah. – that money I, that you guys wasted on Harden and Russell are going to come back and bite them in the ass. And that's why I say they lost because right. you not get any dividends in your back in your, in your purchase and your investment. And for both of them to be like, we don't want to be here anymore. You yeah. know, I, and I'll, back on another topic you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Jonas, um, his free agency, Boston, you know, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction with him. Uh Oh, okay. I think that if I think if the Clippers don't actually perform up to their level this year, I would I honestly think they're gonna lobby like hell for him. They do I don't know market for him. I don't know what they're gonna I not at the moment I'm not sure what exactly they would give up to get him. But PG. it could include that could include PG. Definitely PG. And, and I mean 
I, I honestly think that, that that would be the market he'd end up going to. Because I, originally I thought, oh, Miami. But with with you signing Bam to a, a long-term deal. Supermax, yeah. It's, it's very difficult to see without you actually tearing that entire team apart, making that work. And I don't and see I mean, Miami doing that, though, right now. Yeah, and I don't. I don't either, man. I think that Miami, Miami, hell, I, I'd like to give Miami some credit, too, because Miami went and picked up um, – picked up what's his name um i just i had his name early i'm having memory problems today um from from the lakers uh damn not danny not danny no. um i know uh, every bradley every bradley every bradley my bad yeah bradley yes Golly, man i'm off of it today but um yeah like i thought that was a a fantastic pickup for them adding him and with hero being able to be more confident in his shots like he was this this finals like mm-hmm. i think bradley is the guard piece that they would need to help them push a little bit further in what they need for their guard play absolutely miami yeah. was smart about where they was picking people absolutely but you could tell like you could tell some of these teams they just have a championship mentality to them and absolutely. That's, that's how they do it like they're not going to go out and get they're not always going to go out and get the biggest talent but they will you can tell whatever players they bring into it they're going to be able to make them – they're going to be able to get them to work. Like you, right. could, I, you could argue that, like, of course, like, I think the Lakers are at that point now because they have LeBron. I think any team LeBron's on, the, you know, outside of him being my favorite player, I do give him credit because his teams, they've been championship – Level release teams, yeah. If, yeah, they have, that, if they've at least shown up to the show. They may not have won all the game, may not have won all the championships, but they at least got there. Yeah. So, like, you know, I do think that, that he does instill that championship DNA within those teams, but I think the same thing for Miami, same thing for San Antonio. Um, and I think that's, you know, some of those teams, and even like the – I can't necessarily – the Warriors, but they're, they're – I would that, argue that. They're about that, that point, too. I think they're about at that point, too. They're just – unfortunately, they just hit somebody injuries, man. It's, Clay and Thompson, see, man, is uh, – yeah. And see, I was oh just going to – that's what I was going to talk about. They're offseason – I almost had them as another loser of the offseason because of Clay Thompson tearing his other Achilles in his right leg. Um, but I'm not his Achilles, his uh, ACL. So now he's out for the rest of the season. But what they did in the offseason to try to pivot and be able to keep themselves in contention is what kept me going. Now, the big boy that they got, Sim, uh, is it Simpson? I think it's Simpson. I forgot his name. That's sad that I, I forgot it that quickly. Oh, uh, um, Wiseman. Wiseman. There we go. Sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. So, yeah, Wiseman. How they picked up Wiseman as a big man, which he was explosive in college. And I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do for the Warriors. Having him and Draymond being able to help with the paint and stuff like that, I, I see where they're going to go with that. And I forgot who the Warriors picked up quietly. The- in the um, offseason. They got a, they got a hold of they got Ubre. Ubre, which is another good which is an up and coming shooter as well. Then right. you got D'Angelo Russell who he's learning to be able to play with them. Well, he's oh, with no he's no, no, with, no, no, he's he's with, with Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota now. He's Never in Minnesota mind. now. Right. So yeah, Ubre is not going to be able to help facilitate and open the floor just a little bit, but you know Curry's still going to be the number one uh number one shooter for the Warriors, but I feel like what they've added to try to fill the void of Clay Thompson being gone for the year was enough for them to be like, okay, they could be in contention as long as Steph don't break his wrist again. <laughs> he will be fine. Yeah. It's just the thing is, and I was going to say that Steve Kerr and that, GM, and that GM team down there in Golden State, 
they still have some kind of championship mentality with them. It's just now it's the fact that I, and I hate to say this, and this is going to be some unfortunate news. You now got to start thinking of the future. Now you got to start thinking about who am I going to fill the void of if Clay cannot come back on the court, if Clay cannot come back, we got to have to put somebody in there that can do everything that we need to. Now, again, Steph can shoot lights out, but the Splash Brothers is the reason why they went to the NBA Finals in the first place, reason why they went 73-9 and nine four years ago, right. four or five years ago. So you need your shooters back. And so for you, you got to find another shooter. And Oubre could be that shooter. I don't know. That pick-and-roll offense, they, they are fantastic at that. They just needed right. another great shooter to be able to do that. D'Angelo couldn't do it. That's why they shipped him off to Minnesota. Sorry about the – the for, I forgot about that. Yeah, but, no, it, it happens, man. It's, it's COVID, bro. We've been inside. We've been in the house <laughs> all year, long. bro. It's all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but with Ubre down there, Wiseman, who can be able to be explosive and be – I'm sorry for all the Warriors fans – be better than what Dray, Draymond thinks he is, you can see – the moving parts, they're not going to win it. They're not going to go to the NBA Finals. They're, not, they're probably going to be a first-round kick out, a first-round buy team. Like, they're going to go in the first round and get kicked out. But you could see that they're going to start trying to twist and trying to mold this team. So when Clay does eventually come back, they're going to go back to the Finals if that happens, right? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that they were the losers, but it's just like, damn. How many yeah. times you, <laughs> how many times this is going to happen now? <laughs> like, you were a dynasty, and now it's like, you be a dynasty again we don't know yeah it, who knows man with with that but uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a fear for them again i think i mean i think they will do solid this year especially if, if curry can stay healthy i think they still have a somewhat of a chance but with yeah. this with the team's just getting stronger and um you know, it's just it's really tough to predict really at this point um but yeah like i mean where do you in terms of any predictions for the year, like where do you think – what do you have in terms of who would make – who do you think is going to win the season, like win the regular season? Who do you think is going to go to the conference finals? Who do you think is going to go to the finals? Who do you think is going to win? So who I think is going to win the regular season, it won't be the Lakers. I mean, I, well, it could be the Lakers. I have Lakers have one or two seed in the, in the West. Mm-hmm. Who I see that will we'll fight tooth and nail back, and I see who will – I mean fight tooth and nail to come back, will be Miami. Miami, I will put in the top two. Brooklyn, I need to see what they look like. And I hate to say that. I need to see what they look like in the first 10 games. That's going to tell me everything I need to know about where Brooklyn will be. Statistically, on paper, on paper, what it looks like, they could be the number one seed in the, in the East. Could. But again, you have two ball hogs, I hate to say it, who are now going to be trying to play and spread the offense. I don't know how well that would work. But to be honest with you, it's a make or bust. It's a break our bus team for them. If they don't make it, like, it's a bus. I hate to say it. So, for me, I think the winners for next year will be Miami and L.A. again. But who I will have in the playoffs who will, if they get in and they are a deep threat, I, for some apparent reason, I don't know why, that Doc Riff for 76's team looking really nice right now. Mm. I, I have them being a, a, um, a dark horse for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, West, I, I hate to be the, the summer of bad news. There's just nobody stopping the Lakers. I do believe, and this is, and this is, I'm saying it now. So everybody who knows, and I'm not saying it just because I'm not trying to hate, because Jeremy knows how I feel about LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron is going to win 
will, if everything goes the way I think it will, LeBron will win his fifth ring. He mm. will win his fifth ring this year. Um, the West just, they're not, they're not well enough off. Now, Denver, they look good. Um, Jazz also looks good, but they're not going to, they don't have enough firepower to keep them in the same game conference, just in my personal opinion. Denver showed you that you put them in, a, in too much of a pressure, they're going to collapse on themselves. And I'm, it's, it's the, I, unfortunately, it's the truth. Um, Miami, if they keep the same team, if they're able to be able to put in more effort than they did in the finals, like they did in game five of the finals, absolutely, they can make it and contest with Lakers again. But that's the only team I see in the East that I actually care about, not care about. The only East team that I'd say that's, like, worrisome right now that can mm-hmm. go make it. Like I said, I don't think the Nets are going to make it this year. They're just they, – I don't – their offensive power is good, but their defense is not there yet. So, no. 76ers, cool. Celtics could have. They still could. That means mm-hmm. Jason and Jalen has to put in more work, but – yeah, for me, it's going to be Miami and the Lakers again. Lakers winning it all again. Okay. Um, let's see here. For me, I think that in terms of an Eastern Conference, um, who would end up winning this year? I think that I would definitely argue, I think that Miami will end up winning the Eastern Conference. Uh, I would, looking at what we currently have right now, I would probably put Boston at number two. Okay. Maybe Toronto at number three. Maybe Toronto Toronto or Milwaukee at number three. I think I'll put the Philadelphia – the 76ers I think is going to be a fifth or probably sixth a fifth or sixth seed team just because I'm, I'm not too, too sold on them just yet. But I feel um, like their defense is what's going to keep them – decent and long enough in the playoffs like Denver this year. That's just definitely they they're they're definitely yeah, they've definitely retooled. They did really good going to pick up Curry. Uh uh see Howard coming off the bench or if he's even gonna start with with Embiid. It's not a bad pickup for them either. I think that Howard is still arguably one of the Still a very good player for his age. He still yeah. get up and down the court. He's still a good defensive threat threat. He's not, you know, of course Offense is going to be his it's not his forte. It's not his forte, but he, he what he does bring in terms of energy will, de- yes. will definitely be useful for any like contending team. Um, with I do think that Miami will end up winning winning the Eastern Conference again. So I'll say Miami. I'm going to go Miami versus. Ooh, you know I maybe maybe I don't know maybe Miami versus Brooklyn. Brooklyn. In the Eastern Conference, maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe. In the Eastern Conference I, Finals. Okay. I, I, I think so. I don't think Brooklyn may not do as well during the regular season, but I think that they, they do have some depth. Now, their defense is a little questionable, but they do have a lot of depth on their team. So, you could, yeah. You know what I mean? They could potentially do well enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They won't win, but they'll get to the show. I think they'll get there. Okay. Um, if I'm looking at the West, Honestly, with everything being retooled like it is, I, I just don't see that. I don't see the Lakers having much issue. I think the Lakers will. I think the Lakers will still win the the number one seed. Um, looking at everything now, I do think that you're looking at possibly another Laker. I think the Lakers will meet the Clippers in the semis. I don't. I'm not going to put them again. I don't. I just can't. I. I. You know. While 
I wish the, the Clippers would have been a little more aggressive with keeping up with with the Lakers. I don't see too much of a step down for them. Not not much. No. Um, unless they, you know, who who knows, man? Unless they're like resting, putting Kawhi on like limited minutes for the majority of the year. Good management, yeah. Lord forbid any of them have anybody gets injured, but I think that they could still meet in the semis. Um, but yeah, I do definitely see Los Angeles, and I would think, mm, yeah, Los Angeles and Denver. I'm gonna stick with those two for the for the conference finals with Los Angeles winning. So I'm going to go Los Angeles versus – I think Los Angeles and Miami will be another. Be uh, and then I, yeah. yeah, and I think Los Angeles will end up winning that in six. Again in six? Okay. See, I, I think have, again in six. I have L.A. going in at five now. Because um, oh, okay. the, the thing is, is, and like I said, don't not, not knocking the Heat. The Heat is a really great team, and they're really playing team ball, which reminds me of a younger – San Antonio Spurs team, like the late early 2000s Spurs team, they remind me of that just a little bit. Um, and unfortunately, the only team that I see that can keep up with them is Boston. Um, the 76ers, yeah, you have Simmons, but I hate to say it, Simmons is too inconsistent for me still. Um, you again, with like I said, with the Celtics, you're gonna have to figure out how what kind of holes you still need to fill with Gordon Hayward. Granted, Gordon Hayward was out 40-50% of the season last year, but I still need to see how you guys are going to be able to do completely without him. Like, you guys looked okay without him, but I want to see if you could be better without him. Um, but other than that, yeah, I agree. Like, Miami is going to run the floor. I just don't know if they're going to have the same energy and the same firepower with that. Jimmy Butler might, might surprise me. He might take it to seven. I don't know, but for now – I have Lakers winning in five, and LeBron will get his fifth ring. And he'll get his fifth NBA Finals MVP. There we go. Look at that, man. Shoot. Then they'll finally get – he'll get – he'll inch closer in the GOAT debate, but I'm just kidding. He's not – it's it's not even I, – like I said, I love <laughs> – LeBron is my favorite player, man. I, I, I still say that, to me, he's just easily one of the – easily – I think he's the best basketball player of all time, personally, but – you know, again, I, I will be in an argument all day with everybody else about it. But, it? yeah. We, we talked of, about it multiple before, but go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. I just think that, I mean, with – it's kind of like, for me, kind of like the Muhammad Ali effect. Okay. Like, in, in, in the NBA. The way I think about it is just the fact that we look thinking Muhammad Ali. Of course, Muhammad Ali was a – multiple-time heavyweight champion. Yeah. You know, he definitely had his his share of losses, had his share of, of times where he didn't necessarily uh, perform at his best. But I, I don't know, outside of that, outside of the ring, his advocacy for, for just black people in general and just the, the, the cultural overall cultural impact that he's had within the fabric of boxing, I think is it, definitely, like, unmatched and unparalleled. And I think okay. – well, excuse me, unmatched in terms of boxing. But I, if, if I were to have, like, a close, you know, comparison, I think that that would be that for LeBron James. LeBron James is, is proven to be great. He has won. He's had his share of losses, shared his share of wins. He's still very dominant in his sport. And on top of that, outside of the, on the outside, of, outside of the court, he's still just, just a fantastic human being, opening up his own school. The man himself has – 
really have we seen anything happen badly to LeBron? Like anything, like no scandals, nothing like anything crazy that you would normally hear about any professional athlete having. So it's like being an upstanding citizen the way he is, like it's like, man, that's that's almost unheard of. And the yeah. fact that it just within like the world and how we operate, like everybody knows who LeBron is, like, and how great he is. Now, in terms of comparison, comparing Michael and 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 LeBron or whoever, like, I don't know, man. I can't necessarily. They play differently, and they both they do like you say come from different eras. They both it's just it's just the way that the game has changed. It, it's the they both were very great in wherever they were and it could be great. And the thing is like, again, we're not at the end of his career yet. You can't have, I don't think you can necessarily have a goat debate until the career is until over he's there. retired. Yeah. Cause you just never know. Like I said, like, you know, Tom Brady could be in the NFL for five more years and be shitty for five more years. And that I'm sure that would affect his, him and the goat conversation. It may not necessarily have too much effect cause he's getting older, but still, and I think the same thing, like LeBron still has a lot more to achieve and to do within within the NBA. So I, I think it's kind of at this moment, it's very d- tough to say, because I think that he will eclipse the points record from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He will. Uh, I do believe that he's going to he's going to lead in. I mean, he's already leading in damn near every statistical category. If we really look at like what what all of his records in terms of playoff, especially in the playoffs. Oh, the he's, amount of periods. He's, he's he's eclipsed both LeBron and Kobe. The, I mean LeBron, Michael and uh, Kobe this year in terms of points in the playoffs, total points, mm-hmm. and I believe number of games both of them have played. So if I I agree with you on that, yeah, right. It's just I think, uh, and again, it's just the terms of the cultural impact for the game that the the imprint that he has left. And even think about it now, how how uh, players are negotiating their contracts, how it's people, him. how teams are trying to tool themselves to go to championships. Like it's, all him. you know what I'm saying? Like he does have an impact within the game overall. Like you, it's hard to say. Not again. I can't say that Jordan didn't have those things. Abs- I'd be absolutely wrong saying that in terms of his endorsements and what he was getting into at that time. But like. Outside of like the few teams that were trying to adjust for Jordan, I don't think there was much else going on that he had his hands into. Now maybe I now maybe I need to talk to a historian to give me a little more information about it, but I don't know. I, I'd argue like LeBron's overall impact in the game makes him greater to me. I would I would argue, and just because unfortunately I am a Michael Jordan fanboy, and uh, unfortunately no, I do. There's no, there's no unfortunate to it, my man. You, you know, like I said, even though I was not a lot, I was barely alive when he was winning rings. I was able to like, I was able to like love what he was doing at the age of ten when he was in 2004 when he like retired, and I started just going through the backlog and watching everything and doing history. And I guess that's why I'm a Michael Jordan fan, and that's why I'm a Cowboys fan. But I guess because I, I love tagging on yeah, history. I'm, but I, Yeah, I'm not going to give you – you know what? I'm going to hold the Cowboys slander for another this day. episode. Another day. Look, we're, they're shitty right now. We, we already know that. Look. Yeah. Look, look, Steelers fan. We're not going to talk about you this. See you're undefeated. We're you not talking it? about football right now. You see it? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like – I feel like LeBron in terms of impacting his community. Absolutely. He has done more things that 
Michael wish he could have ever done for the black community. He has done so much for what it could do to an aspiring as being a black guy in the hood, black girl in the hood, trying to better themselves, right? And his school in Akron's amazing. Like no other basketball player can say that that's what they could achieve and what their goal and what they're achieving with greatness. I agree with that. Um, in terms of where it comes into the basketball court, that's, that's just me. For me, he's a strong two. I will, I will argue that to this day. I'm not saying he's the worst basketball player ever. I don't know why so many super LeBron fans are so mad at me when I say he's the great number two. Again, I'm a fan of LeBron. I, I love LeBron and what he has done for the NBA. He's done what the, he's done for the NBA is what Michael did in the NBA 30 year, almost 30 years ago. He made the NBA more of a hot topic than what it was back when, like when Michael was, and I'll agree with that. For sure. But my only issue, and again, my only issue is, yes, he's beaten people in the playoff records. Yes, he's beaten everybody in this, only due to the fact that, I hate to say it, he has been in way more playoff games because of all the, the prowess he's been getting to the finals for almost nine years straight, right? Now, right. again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about apples and oranges, about he's winning or not. I, I love LeBron. He's a great player. Just for me, I would say he's a great two. Now, like you said, at the end of the year, at the end of his career, I might have him at one. We don't know. But for right now, he is a strong two. And what he's going to do this year until the end of his career, mm-hmm. we'll see. He might come up to be my number one list. And everybody who's listening will be like, oh, Julian's trying to – I was like, I always had this – I've always had this opinion. It's just nobody right. wanted to listen to me about how I feel about LeBron because everybody wants me to say LeBron's number one after he's – Three and seven and three and six in the NBA Finals. Let's let's hold off. Let me let me just let's wait first. So right. for me, he's there. He's getting there, and he's arguably, like I said, one of the best forwards has ever touched the ball. Not one, of, not one of the best. The best forward they ever touched the ball, and he's going to be one of the best facilitators to touch the ball by his career. Is he going to be the best player to ever touch the ball? We will see it at the end of his career, and I agree with you on that. That's fair. So, what What do you think? Um, in terms of, I guess I'm I'm over here taking over your show now, man. <laughs> no, you're good. I had another question. I just like, well, if you had like a, if you had a dream, okay, I have two things. One, one, who is who are your favorite players watching growing up? So you know, from AI, AI, so AI, one hundred percent. Was there anybody else that you had? AI was my favorite, just because he was short like me. Uh huh. And back in the day, he's the reason why I did handling when I was a kid. He's the exact reason why I wanted to be able to handle the ball like I did because of what he was doing and feeling what he was doing. So absolutely. Like did AI was the guy that I wanted to watch a lot. Um, did, you try to grow, did you try to grow braids like him? No, you, 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 <laughs> I mean, for all, the, yes. for, all, for all the viewers that don't, that haven't got, that don't see what we're looking at right now, this man is, is, um, is prematurely balding. So I, I, I have a hard, I have, I find it's it hard to thinning, believe it. It is thinning. Uh-huh. So yes, at one point I wanted to have braids. I had good enough hair back when I was in the third and fourth grade where I could do braids. My mom wouldn't let me because she didn't uh-huh. be looking like a bunch of hoodlums outside. I ain't going to use the word on here on uh, what she actually called me, but mm. he, she didn't want me to. And I honestly wanted braids because of Carmelo. I'm not going to sit – and Carmelo and AI. That's, that's, that's a complete reason why. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> yes, AI was somebody I look up to because of what he could do. Now, 
being from Beaumont, everybody said I should have had T Mac. Hell, I'm I'm sorry. T Mac and Yaming were cool, but like they had no handles on AI. Like nothing compared to what I was watching at Philly. Like no, like come on, no, right. absolutely not. So yeah, that's okay. what I grew up on. What about you? Fair. Fair. I had um. I mean, man, I had a few players, man. For me, um, growing up, favorite players to watch were um definitely Penny Hardaway. Okay. Um. I, you know, I, I resent the Tracy McGrady slander, but, um, you know, it's all good. Uh, he was one of my favorites. <laughs> he was one of my favorites, too. I think he was actually my favorite before LeBron got into the league. Once LeBron got into the league and I started to kind of watch it, I don't know what it was. I had a thing for, like, small forwards. I really liked okay. how they played See, their game. Point guards, yeah. Yeah, like, you point know, I, I mean, I was more – you know, of course, I'm not a big dude and nothing like that. I was a guard and, and – the one year of high school I did play in, you know, middle school and some of the AAU I did play. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I like their game a lot more for me. But Penny Hardaway, T-Mac, T-Mac and then uh, who else? Uh, David Robinson. Really? Okay. I really like – yeah, right. I really liked David Robinson, Robinson's game. I mean, this dude, the quadruple double – yeah. Like, nobody, no, you know nobody, I mean? I, yeah. nobody else yeah. can say that. Like, that dude was freaking a beast at that time. That's and, the dude who needs a 30 for 30, to be honest with you. I want to see. You think see, so? I, David Robinson, I think, deserves one. Um, and I feel like no people, people really don't talk about his performance and how he helped. Um, why am I blanking already? The Spurs. There we go. Like, how yeah. he helped them get to where they were before the the – the the greatest one of the greatest power forwards ever to get there you know and right. i i feel like that that needs to be discussed i feel like that that has to be a discussion to talk about david robinson yeah. oh also really quick last person also you're gonna you're gonna probably say something about him too and i feel like you're gonna crack up about it chauncey billups another one Oh, you like Chauncey? <laughs> the not the, the Mr. Big Shot, bro. It's not. I like. I like Chauncey, man. It's a good. I thought you were gonna try to talk about how he no. was bald, like I was. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was a that was a gimme, Julian. I'm. I have a little more. I'm a little more cerebral <laughs> than that, bro. You can't just be giving me the. You can't just be giving me the gimmies, bro. But yeah, I, I can see it. You, yeah, y'all had the same type of head though. So yeah, I'll give you that one. Man. Um. He was great with he was great facilitating back when he was I playing like, with the Pistons, and he was one of my favorite players to play on NBA Live 2005 when I had. Okay. Pistons. So yeah, absolutely. Love yeah, I think one of the one of the ones that like people I, I liked. Um, who else did I like? I like Damon Stoudemire. Okay. All right. I like Damon right. Stoudemire, like Stoudemire back with, with, right. with the with the uh, with the Blazers. Um, I had a yeah, I had a few like different players that were really that I was just I, I really just truly like gravitated more towards at that time but yeah definitely but um oh and then I guess my second one was like if you could build like your top five not, excuse me not top five excuse me your starting five I can go through any era yeah any era it don't matter any era, okay. any era uh, uh starting five point oh and, and I'll give you a six man too oh ooh, okay look at you being nice all right point guard would definitely, definitely, definitely be most likely Jerry West. Um, one of the best, one of the best handlers in the game. I would, I would put Jerry as my point guard. Of course, my shooting guard is going to be Michael. Um, hmm. My power forward. Um, hmm. Who would I put as my power forward? 
I would have to, I, I guess I'd do big fundamentals. I had to put Tim Duncan in there because he can help facilitate just a little bit enough to keep you moving. So I would, I would have to put Tim in there. Um, my other four, LeBron, I'd put LeBron right there just to put him in there. And my center, hmm, I wouldn't put Kareem up there, even though Kareem would literally like tower most people. I, would, I thought about Kareem for a while. But the person I would put in there, in their prime, who would dominate Shaq. Okay. That would be that would be my fifth. Shaq. Absolutely. That would be my fifth. And rounding out six man would definitely probably be Magic. Magic. No, actually, let's switch that up. Magic would be my point. Jerry would be my uh six man. That's who I have. Yeah, wow, that's okay. exactly Jerry, what I have. Jerry West. Okay. Hey Sean. You look, you look, yeah. All right, cool. That's what I'm talking about. I, I wouldn't have thought about Jerry West. I guess I don't watch enough of his game. I've heard so much, like, you know, in terms of, like, reading about it, how great of a player he was. I don't know if I would ever thought about that. But Too much NBA TV made me realize Jerry West needs was to that, get was his that praise. Guy? Yeah, he needed to get his praise. The logo? Like I, I like it, man. I like that. Um, If I had to make a starting five for me – uh. Ooh, this is tough. At point guard, I would have to go with – Come on, you got I, it. I, I know, man, it's tough. I, I think I would go with Stephen Curry. Okay. I think I'd go Stephen Curry. Best – one of the best point guard shooters in the game, absolutely. Yes. Will yeah. be probably the best shooter Sharpshooter, point guard in the game after his career is over. Absolutely. I, okay, I see you. So, I think I'd do Stephen Curry. I'd go for shooting guard. I would do, um, of course, Michael. Um, so, Michael would be there for, for the two guard. Number three, of course, it would be LeBron. And then for the four, I think I would stick with Tim Duncan. See, I would switch them because I would give – I give Duncan to be the more of the power small forward because I'm not small forward, but I make LeBron small forward. Only reason why I would is because if I needed somebody to open up the floor just a little bit more than I need to, mm-hmm. I'd switch up LeBron. Even though LeBron has been a power forward all his career, I'd switch him, put him in a small forward so he can be able to open up my open up my court. Because literally, Magic being able to shoot everywhere he wants. Jordan being able to shoot everywhere he wants. Duncan and Shaq is all in the post. Hey, LeBron, can you... He- can you help yeah. Us yeah, that's what I would do. That's that's just me. Well, no, no. LeBron's been a. I, said, I thought LeBron was a small forward all of his career. He has never. No, no, really, no. Really, my bad. I'm. I'm real. As you can tell, I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Moving for the last couple of days. So yes, he has been a small forward. It's just okay. they've been trying to put him in a power forward position, at least in Cleveland, for a little bit. Why? I don't know. That's not my business. But they have my bad. So that let's go back. No, you're good, bro. You're good. I mean, that, yeah, he had to kind of fill in places where, you know, of course, previous teams that he's played on, it's the, the firepower may not have necessarily been there. And the fact that they were, like, trying to, you know, switch up with having Tristan Thompson move up to the center position and all those different switch-ups, I, I get I get what you're saying for sure. But it, it um, doesn't – never mind. Well, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> Cleveland in there. there. It's a, that's a different conversation about Cleveland and their atrocities to LeBron, but that's a whole different <laughs> conversation at a different time. Right. Now you're good, bro. But no, I would say, yeah, so um, three would be LeBron. Number four, I would put – I think Tim Duncan would be there for me. Okay. And at, at five, I would I, – I think I'd put Shaq 
Shaq okay. there. So we both like our Shaqs. All right. Yeah. So we were both on the same page with like pretty much every player except for the point guard position. Um, Which is fine. Cause, no, yeah. Because Steph, what I like about Steph and last thing that we're going to talk about, Steph can open up the floor a little bit. He can still facilitate. He can still give you great assists. And he'll let everybody else warm up before he gets there. Because regardless of what happens, I'm getting my 30 regardless of what happens. Right. But I can able to open the floor up as well with my handles and being able to make you feel like I'm about to go and shoot a three, but also be able to facilitate and move the ball where it needs to go to get the right shot. So yeah, right. I, I can see where you're going with it. Definitely. But you know, you know, man, I don't know. I'm, I think I am having some second thoughts now. Oh no. I don't really? know about my point guard. I, Cause I'm liking, I'm just thinking about on the, Mm, I don't know, man. That's tough. Goddamn. You know what? No, fuck it. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with Stephen Curry. Stick to your guns. You I'm sticking with Curry. Curry. I'll you stay with Curry. It? So I have Curry, uh, Jordan, um, James, Duncan, and Shaq. Okay. And then I think my, my sixth man would have to be Kobe. Ooh. He wouldn't like that. I'm sure he wouldn't he would like that very much. He'd be pissed off. That. He'd be like, Fuck that! Put he'd be like, "Fuck that!" Put put fucking Curry on the bench, man. Put, put, you be trying to have Jordan facilitate? No, yeah, hell, no, hell no. Put fucking LeBron. Put no. Nah, put LeBron at the point guard. That's what I do. Shit. Put LeBron. Kobe I would put, gonna be too much. Kobe gonna be pissed off I would, too much. And I would be like, Le- "Hey, I need LeBron in the paint. He ain't gonna worry about all that." No, I'll hell, be- hell no. What do you mean? Like, if if the thing about it is like, get me the ball. Right. Give me you go. You want the guy that's gonna. gonna you want the guy that's gonna give you the ball, huh? All right. Okay. All right. You, I see no, because see. see, people get get on to LeBron about like passing it too damn much sometimes. Like you know, pass up on the big shot. There you go. You got the two big shots right there with Jordan and, and freaking Kobe. Okay. And Kobe, right. of course. Yeah. Right. You want a you want a point guard that could could. I don't know, because they, they even like mentioned when they were talking to each other like playfully, like I'd love to play with LeBron. That'd have been freaking. But my, my issue would be is if he gonna be point guard, where uh, the fuck Jordan gonna go? Small forward? I think I think Jordan would stay to at the at the shooting guard. I think that that uh, Kobe would move up to the three. Ooh, okay. Personally, okay. I mean they're both they're both the pretty much the same size and the exact same that, size. And they both play defense. So like, you know what? There you go. That's my adjustment. So I'm taking Stephen Curry off my team. Okay. I'm putting LeBron. I just helped you with your adjustment. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Now I know what I'm going to do here. This is how it's going to make sense to me. I'm putting LeBron. So LeBron is my LeBron is my point guard because he is a point guard this year. Got it. LeBron. So I'm putting LeBron at point guard. (laughs) I'm putting. I'm putting. um, Let me see. I'm putting Jordan at the two. Kobe at the three. And then I have the big fundamental at the four. Shaq at, Shaq the at five. five. Lord have and mercy. I think, yeah, Curry. Can he come? Yeah, Curry will come off the bench. Okay. See, there you go. I helped you get your starting five right. Damn. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, the, play, the players was there, bro. It was just like, who, who, who is who? Where's their role? Yeah, what's their role? Okay, I see you. I see you, dude. All right, cool. Well, I love your starting five. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, 
I, I just didn't want to change people's roles like that. But again, like I said, Cleveland has done it too many times for me to forget that he was a power forward, a small forward than a power forward. But nonetheless, um, it's going to be interesting. Thank you. Oh, I'll say thank you for coming on, Jimmy. I really do appreciate it. It's going to be interesting to see this NBA season because yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, oh, bold prediction. If they can't get COVID-19 tame, they're going to do the exact same thing that they did this year. So in my personal opinion, I do think that we're, they're going to move to the bubble. I think they're going to try as much as they can not to jump into the bubble, but it will have to get to the bubble because nobody's taking it seriously. I mean, like now we have, there's an NFL game that's postponed all the way to Wednesday. The Steelers Ravens game got postponed to Wednesday. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, yeah they just postponed it to Wednesday. We're doing this recording on Monday night, but it's, 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 it needs to be contained. And I feel like the only, only sport that's done it well was the NBA and MLS is doing a decent job at it, but not as much, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens throughout this year. We both, I will say, we have it now stamped at November 30th, 2020, which will be December 2nd for everybody to listen to this. Or December 3rd, we have the Lakers winning it and LeBron will be at his fifth ring. So if you know, you heard it here first. So again, (laughs) thanks again, Jeremy. You're always a pleasure to come on. Um, Love our conversations. It's very interesting always to talk to you, man. So I appreciate you nonetheless. Thank you for that. Yeah, bro, absolutely, man. Anytime, man. Holla at me. Let me know if you want me back on again. I'll come back and <laughs> talk about whatever. We'll probably talk about underwater basket weaving. <laughs> who, know, who, who knows, who man? Figure I'll, something out. <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with some side of topic that makes sense to everybody. Or they be so, interested. With our next episode being water, underwater basket weaving, you'll you'll be able to hear from us, and you'll get a definite uphill on that for you guys. But yeah, <laughs> without further ado, guys, thank you guys so much and. Tune in next time. See you guys around.